We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fred Zinke unveils his strategic component to adjusting to the lack of offense in baseball. Is Marcus Semyon a star? What do you do about Marcus Semyon? And the whole world is day-to-day. All that and more on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, uh, who is going to unveil yet another master secret of the universe that he's been doing all podcast season long. We appreciate him for that. Fred, how's it going? Are you a happy, happy Leafs fan right now? Uh, very happy. I had to miss some of the game last night while taking one of my kids to hockey, but I saw the third period, which was very exciting. And I don't, it doesn't matter if I saw it, the result was good. But after last year with the Canadians and the, the, the failures against Montreal last year, I'm not taking anything for granted at this point. So Montreal had that run last year and then they're like dead last this year. What happened? Yeah, they, uh, that run, well, that run ended. And some people listening to this will be like, who are they talking about? But that run ended Shea Weber's career, who was their best player. And yeah. I think it might've ended Carey Price's career. I think Price may not. I don't know if I think I could see Price retiring this summer. He basically didn't play this season. Shea Weber is going to never play again. Like those two guys just completely sacrificed their bodies to yeah. get, to get through the playoffs last year and like basically will that team that wasn't very good all the way to the Stanley cup finals. So I actually felt bad for their GM because if you would have told him when they were in the Stanley cup finals last year, he got fired early this season. If you would have told him when they were in the finals last year that he would get fired and his two best players would not play another game before they fired him. Like that was, a, I, I thought that was a tough one this season. Yep. Yep. That is. Um, and you see that all the time, but uh, that, uh, coach that coach takes an underachieving team very far but maybe not all the way uh but you even saw it like in soccer like remember Leicester City Claudio Ranieri he you know took him the title um and they uh you know that the, the biggest against all odds premier league title and then two years later he was fired I mean it it, it happens mm-hmm. but still it's wild to happen that short amount of time but this is a baseball podcast, so uh, as much as I do, I am watching a lot of hockey and excited, I got two TVs on. I got the Grid Channel on one, and I got okay. Rangers Penguins on the other. So, um, yeah. but yeah, let's focus on the baseball side of things. And again, more talk about the the run scoring is down. Yesterday was hideous. I think the uh, highest scoring game was nine runs. 
We had a one nothing game, a three nothing game, a two one game. Uh, you're, you know, it, it's really frustrating watching these games if you're a connoisseur of offense. It's one thing when Max Scherzer is dealing. It's another when it's every pitcher is dealing. Uh, it's just nobody's special. So this is something I've been thinking about. So last week we talked about how you would maybe approach this as far as trading goes. Um, you know, would you ship out some pitchers? You know, because I, I don't really care to talk about as far as drafting goes. I know some people might draft like late season leagues, but we're far from Memorial Day leagues. But but and we're mostly past field drafting. We talked last week about trading and would you trade pitch successful pitchers for successful hitters, thinking that you can backfill the pitching that you're going to lose, but you can't backfill the hitting right now because no one's hardly anyone is successfully hitting. Unless unless you're like Fred Zinke and you picked up Taylor Ward and you're feeling pretty darn smart about yourself right about now. Not that you're bragging about it, but that was pretty no. that was an expert pickup. I have made a lot of mistakes so far this season, but that one has gone quite well so far. So, and yeah. I'm still calling the jury out on Steve on Stephen Kwan because I, I I raved about him. He still has no homers and no steals, but he did miss basically a week. His batting mm-hmm. average is still really high, um, so he's still getting on base a lot. So I, I'm saying the jury's still out on him, and I guess the jury's still out on still out on Ward in a way. Um, but what I've been starting to think about this week, and I, I'm interested in your opinion on this. So there's been a lot of backlash about, and I don't just mean like in fantasy baseball, like I feel like there's been a lot of backlash in actual baseball circles about the lack of offense and people talking about the games being boring. And like you said, like there's a difference between a Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer pitcher duel and just every game, every night, every pitcher's registering, you know, five plus innings with two runs or less or almost every pitcher. Jake um, Odorizzi last night. Against Jake, yeah. This is, is a perfect example of that. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, every pitcher except Charlie Morton keeps registering quality starts. And mm. I say that because he had another – not they're not disastrous outings, but in this landscape, they're hurting you uh, right. this afternoon. Um, anyways, do you think that Major League Baseball is going to slide a more lively ball into the game at some point this season? So, I don't know because, you know, we Major League Baseball itself has been – pretty silent on the issue mm-hmm. there was some talk about how uh in the past how they were trying to curtail home runs after 2019 but they went too far uh you know correct me if i'm wrong if if someone else has seen it let me know but i've heard no comments from major league baseball as an organization talking about the ball you know they may not recognize this as a problem it might not even be nefarious they they're i mean they're trying to speed up the game one one way to speed up a game is having fewer pitching changes having you know lower lower scoring you know slugfests take longer and all this talk about the game being too slow well that, that's one thing hey it's not three true outcomes anymore it's two true outcomes <laughs> it definitely is that um i don't trust major league baseball enough that if they did change the ball um that they would say anything to us i think it would be the kind I of thing agree. That, we, that we figure out partway through the season so anyways this got me thinking mm-hmm. on the possibility that they change the ball should you should your plan this time of year, this year, be to absolutely maximize your innings pitched, even with some fairly questionable pitchers? Because, like you said, like Jake Oder, when Jake Odorizzi is pitching well, why are you shying away from getting just as many innings possible right now, so that you have the option if the ball does become more lively in the summer to stream middle relievers? 
have fewer innings pitched, but have already banked, right? Like mathematically, if you already bank solid ratios in the first half of the season with this dead ball um, and like forget strikeouts, forget wins, like whatever. But if you can bank ratios by just compiling a lot of innings, could you then throw less innings in the second half? You know what I mean? I I, I know what you mean on the, on the, on the possibility. And, it, and if there's, if there's, if there's no signs that the ball gets more lively in the summer, then you could keep maxing out your innings all, all season. But if, if we do start to see scoring go up at some point, I don't know. I just don't know. Trust me that major league baseball has clearly shown that they're willing to doctor the ball to suit their own needs. Yep. Over and over again. So we're just trying they... to guess what the uh, MLB right. needs are. So it's so. never, so the ball can't possibly become more dead. Like it can't be like <laughs> we'd have right. zero, zero games at that point. I feel like, so like, there's no way they're going to make the ball more dead. It could, they could only either leave it or make it more lively. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's, it's not a bad instinct to get while the getting's good. I think the yeah. practical application of that means is you're, any questionable closer, any any non-closing reliever, you bench and you you pick up these shakier starters. The guys that we were talking about earlier about not using and in lieu of the you know the 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 Seth Lugos of the world, you know, use Chad Green. Don't use this shaky starting pitcher that goes four innings. Now we're using that shaky starting pitcher because a he's stretched out longer and b he's getting better results. I can see that. Yeah, that it's just it's something that. I've been, I was kind of thinking about earlier this week. Um, another one was uh, Tyler Wells last night. I, I was telling people in DFS to go against him, um, but I forgot that every pitcher is successful. So I don't know who we should go against anymore. But yeah. Tyler Wells for the Orioles last night threw five innings, uh, gave up one earned run, um, four base runners. Like Tyler Wells. The game before that, Tyler Wells, five innings, two earned runs, three base runners. Both games only four strikeouts, but like these are like he like if you use Tyler Wells the last two weeks, you you bank ten innings, three runs, just yeah. towards your overall ratios at the end of the season. He didn't get a win in either game. I don't know. It's I, I'm not saying you go and get Tyler Wells, but there's someone who's probably without me looking it up is is like five percent or less rostered in in NFBC. Leagues. Well, look at tonight's starting pitcher for Baltimore. Bruce Zimmerman has a zero point nine three ERA. Now he gave up four unearned in his last start against the Yankees, so. I kind of look at him with a jaundiced eye a little bit. And actually, sure. to that point, I, I ran a Minnesota stack against him. How's that working? It's zero, zero in the third right now. So not great, Bob. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to be a little creative. I don't know. We'll see what, see if that works yeah. out. But um, another practical impl- implication, you got daily moves leagues like Yahoo Friends and Family like you and I are in. Maybe we should be streaming more starting pitching now, using up more of our moves instead of going after, you know, going after the closer du jour. Like I've been picking up, I picked up Helsley. I picked I picked up uh, Montero and I've been trying to steal some saves here and there. Um, I don't know if it's going to work out, but it's my team kind of sucks in that league, but maybe I should be focusing more on getting more starters and just, you know, streaming because it's 1400 innings is, is a hard number to hit anyhow, even with daily moves. Cause we have a cap on moves too. It's what 80 moves over the course of the season. So I can't go crazy, but, Maybe I should be going crazier early and taking advantage of this. Yeah, that that was my thought, and then and then you at least you've built in the the option of backing off on pitching in the second half of the season if the offense comes alive because the ball becomes more lively. I think that's what it'll take. Like offenses will become 
a little more alive as the season goes on. They always do. The weather will warm up. The starting pitchers, some of them will start to fall apart and get injured and the replacements won't be as good. Like that'll all happen. But I'm talking about whether they make the ball more lively, maybe not 2019 lively, but they make it more lively. And there's a major jump in offense at some point. And I mean, we've all been watching games this season where we've seen balls hit that we think that's that would be a home run with a different baseball. And it, and it makes all the difference in the games, right? Like, right. And it's not only this, that. There's, you know, there's... Ball, you hear a ball off the bat. You see the, the hitter react. Yeah. He thinks he's got in a good ball. And it doesn't even get to the uh, warning track in some cases or it gets to the front edge of the warning track. Some of that is cold weather and wind. I get that. That will help. Uh, it will be changed later. But some a lot of it is the ball. And we've, yeah. it's, we, I don't want to belabor that point because actually I do. I do belabor the point all the time. But um, I, it's really something that uh, is. Uh, we got to account for, and I think it will change, but how much, I don't know. And like you said, they won't announce it. There will be no degree of precision. Um, Joe Sheehan wrote a good article too uh, in his newsletter that, you know, the strike zone is a big part of this too. I mean, you see it every game, you see uh, the extra cup. There, there's a note that went out that said that when they're grading these umpires on balls and strikes, they grade on the curve. Like you miss a pitch by two inches outside. That's like a C letter grade for an umpire. So we're all up in arms about Angel Hernandez, but they're grading on the curve and they're like, no, that's, it's just normal, normal miss, not egregious, but you see Mark, you know, Mike Trout get rung up on a Dylan cease pitch. That's clearly outside yesterday uh, in his third at bat. And he, it's Dylan cease. Who's got crazy good stuff. How do you compete with that when he's getting those two extra inches on the, each side of the plate? I mean, that's, it's really tough. And that's Mike Trout. We're talking about here. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there's another change. I don't think that's a change baseball will make where they tell um, umpires to like tighten up their strike zone. A Call little the bit. strike zone. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, you also have to present prevent catchers from stealing strikes too. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a ch- an actionable change that they can make in the middle of the season. Like, umpires aren't robots. Like they're right. they're human. They're it's going to be hard to get them to change their habits in the like in the middle of the season. Um, I, I think the big for fantasy. I think the big dilemma and and i think you, you hit on it is it's comparing these bruce zimmerman types um the low-end starters with a good middle reliever that that maybe you expect to throw three innings mm-hmm. you know like we've said for the last few years often well that middle reliever won't hurt your ratios he'll probably help your ratios so you take him for the three innings you cross your fingers that he gets a win he probably won't once in a while you'll get lucky and he does um but you know, he'll, he won't hurt. We would say that he won't hurt your ratios. He's only going to get you three or four strikeouts, but he won't hurt your ratios. Well, once we get to the point where we feel like the starting pitcher also won't really hurt your ratios. Um, now I wonder if, if, if the pendulum swings away from the Paul Seawalds of the world and more towards the Bruce Zimmerman's. Cause my plan of attack going into the season would have been, for example, to use Seawald over a questionable starter. Now I'm, I'm debating. I, if I thought the reliever was going to throw four innings a week in the week, I think I would go with him. If I think he's going to throw th- three or two, then I, I wonder if now I should be using the starting pitcher and the starting pitchers are just going to get more built up. So, yeah. so we're, like soon we're going to see more of them throwing. I know third time through the order thing, but you don't get to the third time through the order as quickly if you're not giving up very many hits. So we might start seeing more of them throw five and two thirds or, and sometimes six innings. Yeah. Um, I raises the next question is, can we even adjust on the fly on time? Like in a deeper league, you know, you know, NL labor, NL tout, 
AL, AL Tout or even in 15 team mixed leagues, the player pool is sufficiently picked over that it's hard to adjust your strategy on the fly. I think you can definitely adjust in 12 teams, 12 team yeah. leagues. Like there's always starters on waivers. So, um, and then uh, I think another example. So Clay and Todd always do the Friday podcast where they right. do five point rating system for for two star pitchers. Um, and I often listen to that one, you know, while going running over the weekend. And I typically agree or basically agree with most of their assessments of the starting pitchers. If you, if you, if you start to slide more, like, I wonder if they need to be giving out more twos when they would give a one more threes when they would give a two and start being a little more generous to, to anyone who I, I get the ones who you don't think will throw five innings. I think that's a different thing because like, they're just not going to get a win. If you think the starter's only going to throw three innings or something like that, then they're just not going to get a win. But I wonder if they'll have to get more generous. I don't know. It's something for Todd and Clay to think about if they'll have to get more generous with the rank ratings thinking that, you know, these pitchers aren't going to like often they'll get to a pitcher and, and I'll, I'll hear them say, you know, oh, I, I don't really see any optimistic side, any real reason to put that pitcher in your lineup. I'm giving them a zero or I'm giving them a one. Um, and I'll be and as I'm running, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Now I wonder if we should be more open minded to trying some of these guys. Yeah, it's not a bad call. Yeah. Um, not a bad call at all. All right. Um, we're going to talk about some slow starters. We're going to talk about keeps and cuts and trades. Uh, some prospects that I got called up. Uh, we'll talk a little Juan Yapez. I know there's a, a question in the form about that. Before we do that, though, a quick note from our friends at the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. 
Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. So, Fred, uh, I don't even know if I threw this on the outline for you, but, you know, the question from William here is uh, prompting me to bring this up. Juan Yepes is available. The Cardinals just called him up. Uh, do I drop Jose Miranda for him? Jose Miranda just got the call, made his major league debut yesterday, went 0 for 4, in the middle of the lineup again today. And the third big prospect is MJ Melendez uh, getting called up by the Royals. He's making his debut today against the Cardinals uh, as the DH. Uh, first of all, we'll answer his question. Yepes versus Miranda, who do you like better? So I think I'm going to say Miranda. Miranda had better minor league numbers last year, although they both had good minor league numbers last year, but Miranda's were a little better. Um, They're both intriguing. They both have potential. If I could only roster one, I think I'd go with Miranda. Like with Lopez getting brought up, um, Edmundo Sosa just went on the IL, the COVID IL. So this could just be like a, like a five day thing or something. And then he's back down. Miranda could be back down any dates, any day too, but maybe with Miguel Sano needing, uh, yeah, he's out for a while. Yeah, needing meniscus surgery, um, like surgery to, yeah, I believe to repair a torn meniscus. That at least opens up now. Luis, Luis uh, Reyes is going to be their first baseman, which is, I think, the weirdest first baseman I've ever seen. Like, have you right. ever seen a first baseman with, I mean, we've seen powerless. We've seen 10 homer, 15 homer first baseman. Have you ever seen like a three homer first baseman before with his contact skills? But anyways, that opens like up Todd Benzinger, maybe, maybe. Uh, except <laughs> Benzinger actually was taller. Uh, I'm trying to think of powerless first baseman, Hal Morris. Both of these guys used to play for the Reds, by the way. So yeah, of I just pulled up Todd Benzinger. He did have a 17 homer season. That, that's okay. never going to happen for, uh, no, it's not You're right. Um, but he did have a lot of seasons where he played. Uh, no, he had more power. Arias has got it. He's one of the lightest hitting players. Like he might be the lightest hitting player in baseball. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I think there's maybe a little more with Sano gone. Maybe there's a little more opportunity for Miranda to stick on the roster. Yeah, Miranda's playing first, by the way, today, which is okay. interesting. So, yeah. Arias is out of the lineup, but that's also a lefty on the mound in Zimmerman yeah. too. So, I might have something to do with it there. But uh, it gets you or Shallow in uh, as well. But uh, I like Miranda, and I like you know he was the guy that we were looking at getting the call before the Diamond. I mean, before the Twins went out and signed. Carlos Correa, we thought, okay, well, Urshela could play short. They'll call up Miranda, and that's their left side of the infield. And I'll be excited about Miranda. He's a legit prospect. Yep. Had a big year last year. Now, obviously, we'll see how long he's in there, but this is an, a pretty good opportunity for him. Yes. Now, would you take MJ Melendez over either one of them? I think I would. I think I would, too. Uh, although, again, you know, they're – Long, we, you know, all three of these guys share one thing in that they don't necessarily have a long-term hold on a roster spot. With the Absolutely. Royals, uh, it, the, the Melendez got the call because Cam Gallagher got hurt, their backup catcher. Now, he's out yeah. for a while, too, though. That works in Melendez's favor. Now, the, will Melendez catch it all, or will he just be the DH? He actually played some third base, I think, in the minors. A little bit of first base, too. Kind of a man without position. We'll see. I mean... I'm looking at the lineup for the Royals today. No Carlos Santana. Ryan O'Hearn is playing it, taking a spot and batting cleanup too. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. No, by the way, William asked, do I drop Gary Sanchez for Melendez? I'm going to say no. 
on that? Oh, um, that's a tough one. I, I, I'm like a kind of a never Gary Sanchez guy now because Are the batting really? average is so low. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say in a two catcher league, I guess I stick with Gary Sanchez. I guess I stick with Gary Sanchez in the two. That is league. a ringing endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess. Uh, Only one I, homer though. Yeah, I so get it. If you drop Sanchez for Melendez, you're not really dropping Sanchez for Melendez. You're dropping Sanchez now to like streets for like for the wild card of Melendez or streaming the spot. Cause if it's two mm-hmm. catcher league, you're not going to probably get Sanchez back. So you're going for it with Melendez <laughs> and you're deciding that you're comfortable streaming like the Tucker Barnhart's of the world. If Melendez yeah. doesn't work out, I'm at the point where I might be ready to do that. But again, I have no Sanchez. I didn't want someone with such a low batting average every year. I know there's a ton of guys with low batting averages right now, but, Jerry Sanchez always has a little batting average. So yeah. um, I think with Melendez, the reason I would prefer him is just that he's a catcher and the bar for catchers is so low. Although just the way hitting's going, the bar for any useful hitter is getting kind of low, but the right. bar for catchers is still in two catcher leagues, still really low. So I think that's probably why Melendez is so team dependent, right? Like if you have two catchers who are solid, forget it. You're right. But you know, and if you don't, if your second catcher is Sanchez, if it's James McCann, something like that, you know, I mean, what I'd love to do is not drop Sanchez. I'd love to drop anyone else and get Melendez and hold Sanchez for one week while I look and see how much Melendez plays and then drop Sanchez. So it's interesting. The league where I got Melendez, uh, I held on to my other catcher. I held on to Ryan Jeffers. Right. Yep. Because um, I, I, I really, yeah, I, I really don't know how long they're going to keep him, how much they're going to play him on a regular basis. In fact, for, it's uh, an NFBC platform. It's the Scarf League. It's one, one of those like there's you know there's a Oakland Bay Area te- uh, version of it, a Boston area, uh, you know, Great Lakes version, Glarf. We're the Southern California version of that, and it, they use the NFBC scoring rules. There's an overall component, uh, and that means I can replace him. I can put him in on Friday. So with him not starting yesterday, I and having at most two games, I decided to go Jeffers over him, mm-hmm. but. I probably go Melendez on Friday. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, Think, yeah. Really surrounding this whole Melendez, Yepes, and Miranda issue there, but uh, <laughs> scratched my interest there. Uh, you wrote an article on Yahoo talking about uh, Marcus Semyon and your concern about him. Off to a terrible start, really awful exit velocity on his uh, and his hit so far. Uh, tell tell people more about him. Yeah, I just just looking at him. So Ed, this was you know as of start to play on Monday. Um, I said that Simeon forget injuries that Simeon's probably the most disappointing draft pick so far this year. I mean, he hasn't yeah. homered his batting average at that time was in the bottom 10. His OPS, I think was in the bottom five. Um, you know, he was a top 40 to 50 pick in pretty much every league. So um, I felt, I felt like, like I said, like outside of someone who's been injured a lot this season, like, like Jacob DeGrom, you could say was the most disappointing pick for anyone who took him before. Right. But that's, injured, but that's not fair. Yeah. yeah. Simeon is in your lineup killing you so yep. far, so far this season. And, uh, and, and so I was trying to look at what's wrong and the quality of contact is what's wrong. His strikeout rate's similar. His walk rate's similar. His average exit velocity's way down. His barrel rate's way down. Um, you know, StatCast gave him an XBI, XBA that's not much better than his batting average. Like, he's just not making quality contact at all. I'm concerned, and the reason I'm concerned is that 
like I I was a little skeptical of Simeon going into the season, and that's after me watching him play for the Blue Jays last year. Um, I'm not pot like I don't know. I think this guy might be a little bit of the poster child for beware the the late career year mm-hmm. kind of pick. So if we go back and look at him, I know he's like a hardworking guy who really improved as a as a hitter throughout his career, and or at least that was the story on him, right? Right. Like we've been told. Okay, so let's look at him. So. He had a he had a great year in the happy fun ball year, eight ninety two OPS. Yeah, and then obviously last year I'm I'm actually counting last year as his career because it wasn't a happy fun ball year and he had almost an identical OPS. In every other year of his career, his OPS is seven thirty five or lower. Every other year, so yeah. like is he like is he this vastly improved hitter or is he a guy who? benefited from happy fun ball like a lot of hitters did and then totally had with the blue jays a year where everything clicked their offense was insanely good he was near the top of it like amazing Got lineup to play protection. half the season in minor league ballparks you know yeah like just so i i wonder if he's the i don't think he's gonna be this bad all year but i wonder if he's the poster child or just another case of like beware the guy who's like on the wrong side of 30 and has a career year and expect like he left Toronto. He went to a ballpark. That's not as good. A lineup that's way worse. The pressure of the new contract. I, I, my recommendation after diving in on him was don't buy low. Like, and if, if you have them and you can sell slightly low, I would sell slightly low. What does that I, mean? I, I'm so, not giving, I, I'm not giving them away, but, and I didn't say cut them and I did think about it right. in like, and I know people, most people listening who are NFBC people will be like, that's ridiculous. But in Yahoo, who I write for, there are eight team leagues that are head to head with no middle infield spot. Mm-hmm. Like, is he a top, right. a top eight or 10 second baseman or shortstop, right? Like the rest of the way. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a valid question. So I'm, I'm one of the cool things about Yahoo is that you can kind of go and do some research on players, including who they've been traded for. Yeah. Uh, and th- that, that to me is pretty wide open. So let's do that with Marcus Semyon right now. And we can get an idea of uh, what sort of deals and you can do one for ones, multiplayers. You can sort a lot of different ways. So Marcus Semyon today, let's, you know, let's take a look at some of his trades. Uh, not too many one for ones. Oh, here's an interesting one. There's a straight up trade my problem for your problem for Trevor Story, who also has a homer this year. And Paul t- times in there, tied for most disappointing. He would you be, know, yes. Trevor Story I, would be down there. And he also has the, he didn't play great last year. And he, right? he's leaving Coors Field. So Trevor Story At least he would went be to right Boston. Now. You would think that Boston yep. would be a good planning spot for him. Now, they haven't had a ton of home games and the, the conditions haven't been great there. So no. I'm more willing to make allowances for story than I am Semyon. You take story. You would in that deal. I would, I would take story in that deal pretty quickly, actually. Uh, Marcus Semyon for Jesus Sanchez on the Marlins. Oh, that is a big sell low. Although I like Jesus Sanchez a lot. Um mm-hmm. One problem with Jesus Sanchez is he's a lefty bat, and I think there are some platoon concerns there. Like, he hasn't been able to hit lefties this season at all. He's a 300 right. OPS against them. It's not obviously a big sample size yet. I'll stick with Simeon over Sanchez. 
Okay, I think it's pretty close. I like I like Sanchez. I think he's struggled a little bit lately. Um, you know, he got off to a pretty nice start, at least yeah. on that road trip in uh, in Anaheim. Really started to take off, and I I want a lot of Jesus Sanchez in my life, but uh, I think in a keeper league, I almost certainly do that. Oh, easily, yeah. I do think that Simeon could stink this year, but still steal you a dozen bases, and that in a roto league, that has to still be part of the puzzle. Marcus Simeon for Jesse Winker. Another guy off to a terrible start. Yeah, I'm an ever Winker guy. So, okay. So I'm out on that one. Easy decision for you there. Uh, Lourdes Guriel Jr. That's a fun one because Guriel is off to a decent start. I'm just two homers, 10 RBI, 12. He's doing what he usually does. Yep. Doing what he usually does. He has a stolen base. He's hitting 287. Which is which is basically in line with his career average. He's and you know this is a fun team to hit, uh, fun lineup he's hitting in. Yeah. Um, okay. Now we're getting. Now we're in the ballpark. So I feel like my plan of attack would be like I would ask for Guriel, and and then I like someone who intrigued me, like Guriel yeah. and someone lesser, but someone who I was kind of intrigued by. Just like a lower, it might be a pitcher or something like that. That I try right. to get throw, thrown into the deal, someone who who I kind of like. We're I looking at, tra- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead. I was just to say, tell people we're looking at trades done today on Yahoo, straight up. Uh, you know, we don't know in some cases if there's a salary component. So it gives us some, you know, there might be some cases there in keeper leagues or some something of that nature that, you know, and yeah. shed some light on the deal. Uh, there, there's uh, a, I'll give you, sorry, I'll give you one right now. How about for Seiya Suzuki? Yeah, you're looking at the same page I am. I just got yeah. to that. Springer and Suzuki both were very intriguing. I take both Springer or and Suzuki over Semyon at this point in time. Yeah, you've really I, got me convinced that Semyon's not coming back for it to to much of anything. <laughs> I think so. I think Suzuki's kind of like in the sweet spot for me, where um, like Lourdes Gurriel's fine. Like he, I think of him. He probably got drafted a little later than Suzuki, and there's probably a little more just general enthusiasm or upside with Suzuki. I think we kind of know what Lourdes Gurriel is at mm-hmm. this point. Um, someone like Suzuki, though, not that po- like at that point in a league, you're probably offering like your fourth round pick for someone else's like 10th round pick. Or maybe if it's a smaller league, your fifth round pick for their 12th round pick at the end of April. I feel like that's the kind of deal you can make where someone just on the name value of Simeon and you're like, come on, this guy was third in AL MVP voting last year. He could turn it around any day. And maybe you can get someone like that for him. And I see, I see just seeing some other names in here. Like, like if you wanted to go pitching, hitting for pitching, like, and these are not one for ones on the list, but like, would you trade him for someone like Joe Ryan, a pitcher who's, or Tyler McGill, like a pitcher who's intriguing and off to a good start. I can see a one-on-one for him for Shane McClanahan. Well, I say, I see an Alcantara one, which snap call. That's easy one. Yeah. I think I, I, I would take, I would take, uh, McClanahan for Semyon too, if I need the right. pitching. Uh, George Springer, I mean, that's a, like a no-brainer easy one. Same with yeah. Matt Olson. I mean, I think gotta, I got to wonder if the people that traded away those players for Semyon were eating paste uh, right. because that just those are just bad trades. Yeah, you um, never. There's so many Yahoo leagues that I must admit, like you never know with some of the trades, right. like what what's going on there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think the sweet spot is probably trading down like five or six rounds. Like, yeah. Okay. So how about that? And this is always the way to solve it is if we were drafting again today for the rest of the season, where would Marcus Simeon go? And I, if I had to guess, I let's say like 
about pick uh, 120. Does that make sense? I was going to say 150. Uh, okay. So yep. it makes sense. We're yeah. it might be a, a neighborhood over from each other, but we're, yeah. we're we don't have to take a bus to get there. We can ride yeah. our bike to the next neighborhood down that. Yeah. Way there, but so if you offer him around the league, and again, my advice is do not put it on the message board. That makes you sound desperate. So mm-hmm. instead put a little more legwork in and offer him around the league for a series of guys who were maybe drafted in the 120 to 150 range. And some people write you back and be like, LOL, I don't want anything to do with Simeon. And then you cross them off the list, but someone will write you back and say, oh, okay, I'm interested. Even if they don't take the deal and maybe you can work something out with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Fred, my most rostered player in the NFPC platform is another slumper, Dylan Carlson. He's yes. batting ninth today. He he had, I think we're still waiting for his first home of the year. He has one stolen base. Uh, I have him in seven NFPC leagues. That's like 58% of my NFPC platform leagues. That that includes, includes yogurt, includes uh, scarf, includes Raz slam. So, you know, it's all on their commission service. So that, but still, I was big on Dylan Carlson. I got him around the 10th round in a 15 teamer regularly. Got him in mixed labor too. So uh, non NFBC platforms, I also have him. He is definitely my problem. What do you do about Dylan Carlson? What do you think the Cardinals are going to do about Dylan Carlson? Because I think that's got to be part of the plan. Like, do you think there's any chance he could go to the minors? I think there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's young enough. Yeah. And like, how long do you let him just keep hitting under 200? And playing this poorly. Like, it's not like he's just hitting under, like his XBA is 186. So yeah. StatCast doesn't even think he deserves a better fate. Now he's dropped his strikeout rate this year. Um, mm-hmm. He's not walking. Um, his He's just similar to Simeon in that his quality of contact is just really, really low. It his, is. He has no barrels. None this season. Yeah. Um, uh, he and Randy or Rosarena can trade notes. Yeah. Yes. Randy Rosarena is someone who I, I don't have any, and I'm not victory lapping on him at all, but I have no shares on him. His XBA mm-hmm. last year was really low. I think it was 220. And that kind of gave me a reason for some pause this year. Yeah. Um, and so far he's hitting 209 and, and things haven't gone very well. But he, StatCast said he was someone who overachieved last year. So that at least made me think twice about him. Yeah. Scott bit. Jenstad was off of him too. I think yeah. for similar reasons. And so with Carlson, is, could he be a drop in some 12 team leagues? Could be. Uh, you're probably asking, since I'm so Ask heavily invested guy. in Carlson, <laughs> yeah. you're probably asking the wrong wrong guy because I'm going to be excruciatingly patient because, hey, man, that's a lot of work having to cut him in a lot of leagues. That's mechanically, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think last year he started, he had, he had a slow stretch and then came on strong. Um, that makes me want to, th- and plus you look at his age, uh, that makes me think that yep. something good is coming. And the real disaster would be if I cut him, someone else swoops in, picks him up, and he turns out that be to be really good and all's well. Uh, that and then it's on somebody else's roster too. So that would be the real disaster for me. So I'll probably be stubborn with him. Do you have him benched everywhere? No, I do not have him benched. Okay, I, I've been rolling, I'm stashing him in my active line because let's face it, in a lot of these leagues. I don't have bench spots to give. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned right before we started, everybody's day-to-day right now. It's really hard making lineup decisions. When you got guys that are going on the unnamed, the you know, Voldemort IL, uh, you know, it's co- oh, it's COVID, but we can't say it's COVID. Mm-hmm. That I think it was Vlad that was making that point on Twitter today. Um, yeah, it wasn't Vlad, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, 
Come on. We know it's COVID. Stop. Yeah. I mean, the Reds today, Joey Votto goes on the aisle. Hey, I made it 36 minutes without mentioning the Reds. And it's a new, new record for me. But he went on the COVID IL today. And the Reds said he didn't test positive. He has some symptoms. They're allowed to put him on there. So they did. Now they have an extra roster spot. Yeah. To use for, I'm not really sure why, but. Um, you said that, not me. Yeah, I did. Say, I'm positive today. Happy you guys. Just reporting on Joey Votto going on the COVID IL is just you bringing the news. It's not you complaining about the Reds. Um, yeah. with, Carlson, with Carlson, Um, I know what you mean. I think that would be the cause for at some point cutting him would be that you need the in a 12 team would be that like you need the rot you need someone in that spot who you actually are willing to use mm-hmm. I, I think it might be a scenario where uh, it just kind of goes league to league with you where if you have a league where you've got a bunch of injuries and you kind of need that roster spot and you see someone on waivers you like then maybe you're op- open to cutting him i don't think you've gotten to that point just by what you've said in the last couple minutes, I don't think you're at the point where you're really opening open to cutting him at all. You'd rather just leave him in your lineup and see what happens. Um, the simple, the easy, the easiest thing for you would be if the Cardinals just sent him down and then they'd make the decision for you. I think then you'd have to cut him. Yeah. Uh, maybe in a 15, you could hang on to him if, if you thought they were sending him down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm going to show you a question, but before I do that, I'm going to tell you the answer is it depends. Here's the okay. question. How many at-bats do you give an underperformer in a head-to-head categorical league? Uh, 100, 150, 200 before you drop them? Obviously, it depends because it depends on the player, right? Yeah. Um, what their established track record is, how much that what they've done so far, um, who their competition is, all these sort of factors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where you drafted them, how much you have invested in them, I, all that stuff matters, like, like Whit Merrifield, someone who's underperformed a ton so far this year. Yes, he has. That, that being said, like I drive, and then it also like we also you have to look a little deeper than the actual underperformance, right? Because mm-hmm. like for example, with Whit Merrifield, his I just was looking at him earlier today. His his XBA is like right in line with previous seasons. So like like are you gonna are you gonna drop him? His XBA says he should be hitting like two fifty, and he still he can still run. So. I feel like you have to wait it out. Someone else where it's like Dylan Carlson, where the advanced stats are saying that, you know, that he's a mess right now, that he's not making good contact. I'll give you a great example of why you, you hang on to the really good ones. Remember Jose Ramirez in 2019? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. There's the, the, there is the, the awful, awful two and a half months. Yeah. Had, his wife had a kid. And after that, he caught fire. It was the summer of Jose. Yeah. And he got hurt at the end. And that first half, first half OPS was 652. And second half, and this was the year everyone was hitting. And second half OPS was 1105. Yeah. So, like, that's like, that's if it's a really good player. And this is why I said with Simeon, like, I feel like you just, because Simeon's on a different level than someone like Dylan Carlson. Like, I feel like with Mm -hmm. someone like Simeon, you can't drop him you can drop Dylan Carlson. Now a head-to-head categories league, head-to-head league depends on the league size, but it's going to be more shallow. So you can go further than Dylan Carlson and still cut people. But the guys at the very top, like Story, Simeon, right? Like Merrifield. Yeah. I feel like you, I feel like you have to, to hold on to them. They're not going to do what Jose Ramirez did in 2019, but but there, there's just so much bounce back potential. That's why they were drafted so high. But I'll say this. You mentioned StatCast for Carlson and Rosarena. Merrifield's never been a great StatCast guy either. The quality of his contact's never been that great. And it, it's even down this year from last year. Last year, he had a 3.5% barrel percentage, down to 2.7. In other words, he's had two barrels so far this year. 
average exit velocity is 86.8. His max exit velocity so far is 104. Even that's below what he, you know his top tops last year and last ever years actually. So, you know, Woba, which is tries to incorporate everything, is at 183. He's been flat out. He's earned his bad bad numbers so far. Basically. But that's his Woba. Saying. That's not his ex Woba. Like his ex Woba is 306, which is actually a little better than his ex. Yeah, that's true. Good point. 301. So if you look at his expected stats, like from this, like this year, like although, yeah, it's two six. Well, it's a 261 average. Last year's expected stat was a 263. He's had other years with a 262, a couple in the 270s, and his his ex Woba is 306. That's a little down. Basically, his dips are mostly probably like would be, it could be accounted for by the baseball, like, like little dips could be accounted for by the baseball. Like his but, average exit velocity is almost identical the last season. So you're basically saying if the baseball comes back to being juice, then he's fine. He's better, but isn't like the ex Woba based on old baseballs and on what you'd baseballs. expect. Probably. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so, but him having an X but then the same as last season means he's probably. So, if Whit Merrifield's a little bit worse this year, but everybody else is is worse, mm-hmm. then he's then he's really the same, right? As long as he okay. steals his bases, then he's he's really the same. So, I don't know. I yeah. Anyways, I think I I think some of the guys when you're looking at them at their stat cast numbers, their X stats, like their XBA, their X Woba, are like way way lower than last year, and that's something that we see with guys like Simeon. Um, and Carlson. So I was actually a little encouraged by Merrifield that his aren't way lower. I'm not expecting many barrels from Merrifield. I do worry about his power because I feel like he was always a wall scraper with mm-hmm. his home runs. So, yeah. so maybe he's someone who like with this ball, like is it going to hit five home runs this year? I don't know, but he, but he doesn't need to hit a lot for me to get most of my value back. He just needs to hit 250 or 260 and and steal his bases. Sure. Yeah, sure. I could see that. Yeah, and not get bumped down to ninth or eighth in the lineup before this yeah. all gets gets sorted out. So, but I think that you're right. You said at the beginning about the question that it depends. It definitely depends how how what the player's ceiling is. For sure. Yeah. Before we move on to closer madness, any other slumpers you want to talk about? Um, well, I mentioned, and I don't have any shares, but one thing that we never talk about, well, I don't so I say we, people never talk about, but I don't hear discussed much is um, everybody talks about all these terrible hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys who are really killing you right now are the terrible pitchers because sure. they're pitching terribly while some other guys using Bruce Zimmerman and getting really good stats. You know, Dylan Carlson's killing you, but then some other guy on my, but then Trevor Story's killing me or Whit Merrifield's killing me. So like, we're all getting burned by a bunch of hitters right now. Yeah, um, there are people who, who all their pitchers are pitching well, or pretty much all their pitchers are pitching well. Then there's guys who have Charlie Morton who, you know, went into yeah. today's start with a 70 RA and came out of it with a six six eighty five ERA. Yeah, so. when you when when you Darvish gets bombed in his second start, yes, that has a disproportionate impact. Yes, uh, absolutely. Those are the players who are really killing your teams right now because you can't afford not when other teams are having so much pitching success. Like and Charlie Morton, like his strikeout rates down, his strikeout to walk rates almost one one to one right now. So yeah, he is someone who came off a broken leg right at the end of the season. He's an older player. Like I again, I don't have any shares, so maybe this is this is just kind of all my concerns from draft draft season kind of being realized, but um, yeah, he's off to a poor start and I'm worried. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be uh, worried too. And I think, 
you know, I just don't think he ever is fully back from that fractured fibula that he suffered during the world series. Uh, And at age 38, you know, when our, it it takes longer for older people to recover. I'm, I'm living proof. Uh, But uh, no, I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) you know, as players age, the recovery time is longer and and recover to what is the other question too. I mean, this is a guy that was talking about retirement two years ago. And so he may put in the hard work to get back this year, but you know, it's just, you know, it's just something to watch for there that to see if, you know, if he's ever going to come back, I think he's a bench, not a cut. Yep. But I I get it when people want to do that. Yes. And it's, it hurts to bench someone who you drafted as your number two or three starter, mm-hmm. like and to be benching them in early May, you know, in a season that started late. But I mean, if you look at what's going on with him right now, like his strikeout rates way down. So he, he's just struggling to put hitters away. And then because of that, he's walking more hitters. So he, he can't put hitters away as he's trying to put them away. He's missing the strike zone. Sometimes he's had three or more walks in all of his last four starts. Um, yeah. He's like, it's easy to see what's going wrong. It's hard to fix it right yeah. overnight. Meanwhile, the Michael walk has thrown five shutout innings against the angels. You know, that's, yeah, it's just, that, yeah. That's why Charlie Morton's killing you. Cause someone yeah. else is using Michael Waka who they just grabbed off waivers cause they were desperate and he's outperforming Charlie Morton by a wide margin. Yep. Big first start in his two step this week, uh, going against an angels team. That's actually pretty good too. You'd expect them to be able, although yeah. the angels have been shut out in their last night, 14 innings. Dylan Cease had a lot to do with that, but uh, now it's Waka. Waka's next start is against the White Sox, to, against Dylan Cease to bring everything full circle there. But uh, anyways, uh, just thought that was noteworthy there. So, yeah, uh, fun times. We had a lot of definition and closers, or at least we had a lot of closer news over uh, over the last 24 hours, starting uh, with the Cardinals. Sunday, Ryan Helsley was awesome through two innings, hit 103, was the subject of fab bidding. Then yesterday, Giovanni Gallegos got the save. I will say this. Helsley threw two innings. Of course, someone else was going to get the save. Yep. And if it should be Gallegos. Gallegos, that was his first outing in a week. You know, they passed over him. And I, my argument with that is, why take Helsley out on Sunday when he looked that good in his first inning at work? Yeah, and it's not only Gallegos' first outing in a week. It was his first outing since he got bombed a week ago. Right, two thirds of an well, inning. Four, four. That runs. was the weird game against the Mets. Bombed is yeah. overstating the case. Remember, I, the the runs were earned despite Arenado getting an error, and right. then two more runs scored when Gallegos was slow to cover first and got beat down the line by Dominic Smith. Uh, now that's on Gallegos, and he earned all that stuff. Yeah, but that the first two earned runs were eh, a little shaky. He didn't really get bombed. He was shaky, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, nonetheless. And he had, and he gave up a run against the Reds in his outing prior to that too. So he, he was a little off. He was throwing his fastball less often. And sometimes we talk about that being a good thing. I rarely think it's a good thing when that, when you're talking about a closer, though. Right. We we both think Gallegos. We both still think Gallegos is a really good pitcher, right? Yep. And we both still think Gallegos will lead the Cardinals in saves this year. Yes, yes, I do, but with less conviction than before. Right. Maybe it's a scenario where the Cardinals as a team produce 40 saves and Gallegos gets 28 of them, 26 yeah. of them, and guys like Helsley get five of them. Yeah, it might even be like 25 and 10 and somebody else five. Right. But, or, right. you know, yeah, but, yeah. 
Yeah. I noticed that you didn't come back at me with the uh, with the you know Cronenworth for Gallegos offer this week. I know we talked about maybe uh, revisiting that. Neither of us did. Um, but yeah, I also was very busy this weekend. So that I was sense. barely home all weekend and just just getting that closing time article written with Simeon and getting my fab bids and lineups done. That that consumed all my time. There were there was no right. diving into the trade market on Sunday night this time. No, no. Yeah. Um, I will be available this this week if you want to talk trade. Okay. If you want to talk shop, sounds good. Um, we'll see if we if I need to do that. If you need to do that, um, so we'll, we'll find out. We can see and find out yeah. about that. Uh, I thought the big uh, the development of yesterday though was with Minnesota. Juwan Drawn uh, nice. got the save for the Twins. Looked fantastic in doing so, albeit against the Orioles, but still, Pagan pitched the eighth. That was the critical part. It wasn't like Pagan was unavailable. They had him pitch the eighth. Duran came in, shut the door in the ninth, got his first save. I think that might be the first of many. Yeah, like there's absolutely no comparison in these two pitchers, right? Like Duran yeah. is way better than mm-hmm. Emilio Pagan as a pitcher. Um, I could see this being another scenario, though, where like I, I don't think the Twins really want to go full-time closer. Like, I don't think that's where, where they want, like the direction they really want to go in. I could see Duran and other guys, I could see Duran getting the most saves with them kind of sharing the role and Duran comes in for some of the saves where it's the heart of the lineup or a one run game. But then sometimes some guys like Pagan come in when it's a three run game and batter six, seven, eight are coming up. Like I could, I could see that, that, that kind of scenario where they stay flexible with right. Duran. He's a really young pitcher. I don't know. Like they could go the, like, like, what the guardians slash Indians at the time did last year with Emmanuel class a and kind of turned the job over to a really young pitcher. But I don't know. I don't think I'm there yet. I think, but I'm really interested in Duran. I think he could end up with 30 saves. Okay. I, I wish I had Emmanuel class. A. I screwed up on Sunday night uh, in the XFL where we have once a month supplemental moves. I could have taken a him. I didn't he went one pick after me, a pick like 19 in this supplemental draft okay. could have had him. And I think he's a guy that could close for a very long time too. I think he's going to be one of those guys. I think, I think class a is actually a very apt comparison and I wish I had him. Yeah. Uh, you, you could very well be right. Like he he's seemed at least so far, he's by far the best pitcher in that bullpen. If they want to yeah. go the traditional closer route, he's their guy. I don't think Pagan can, can do it successfully, but they could go that route. Like I mentioned where, you know, he gets half the saves. Other guys get split up kind of half the saves. Mm-hmm. He gets the big, he gets the toughest ones. You know, some games he pitches the eighth inning because Judge and Stanton are coming up or something like that. And someone else gets the ninth. Uh, yeah. But, but you're right. They could go the class A. He's someone who, like you said, like if you don't have him, little regret right now. I have a lots, and I have lots of regret about not having any Juander on. So, yeah. all right. Uh, in that Twins game, Chris Paddock got the start, got the win. Again, I'm very hesitant to say Chris Paddock is back, given how every pitcher is good. Yeah. Michael Walk is good all of a sudden again. Uh, I can't buy it yet. Jake Odorizzi is good again. I don't, you know, he's good right now, but yeah. uh, at the same time, yeah, still exactly the type of pitcher you should be rostering. And if you have daily moves and maxing out innings, using that, I mean, if you know, yeah, and he's probably that might be too high of a target. He might be rostered higher than that. But point is. I, I don't trust him in the long run, but I trust him now. If that makes sense. 
Yep. I think, I think that does make sense. I mean, right now with Paddock, he's not walking anyone. That's been a huge, I guess he's always been a really good control pitcher. He's been even better at it this year. Strikeout rate, his strikeout and walk rates are actually, his strikeout rates like down on his K per nine, but his strikeout percentage is pretty similar. He's just limiting his base runners. He's always been a guy who doesn't walk many guys so far. He hasn't given up any home runs and that's always been an issue for him. Uh, I, maybe this ball will be perfect for him, right? Like guys who gave up a lot of home runs, maybe this ball will be perfect for them. Exactly. Uh, uh, Paddock, uh, his next start is, uh, against Oakland. So perfect. Full steam ahead. I mean, we want that all the time, every day. Uh, after that, a home start against Cleveland. I'll take uh, Cleveland. We talked about last week. They're, they're better than people realize, but I still am not afraid of them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, there's not many offenses I'm afraid of right now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll watch and watch and see what that one there and then we'll go from there. But all right. That's so Chris Paddock is another guy to talk about there. Okay. More closer situations. Uh, Ryan Presley starting a rehab assignment today. Triple uh, A round rock. I'm assuming that we'll see him by the weekend. Yep. But until then, Rafael Montero picked up another save yesterday. Yeah, a good example of I could see. Uh, I, I think that's fluid. I think when Dusty said that they'll just mix and match in the ninth inning, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he kind of meant that. Montero's pitched really well this year, fifteen yeah. to three strikeout to walk in in ten and a third innings. Um, I think this is a good example of maybe not jumping on the presumed next man up when the manager doesn't give him endor- an endorsement thing with Hector Neris. Like some people, yeah. some people dip their toe in for Hector Neris. Like if you bought Hector Neris in an NFBC fab league for 40 or 50 bucks. Sure. Like I, I get it. It makes sense going after someone hoping that maybe presses out two weeks and he gets three or four saves, but right. the people who bid triple digits thinking oh. he was for sure the guy. And some people did do that or around a hundred dollars thinking he was for sure. The guy like dusty told you he wasn't going to use a guy. He said that right away. Um, Naris has no save chances still this year. So see, and he's still pitching really well. So it's not like, yeah. he, it's not like he's, he's uh, you know, he's me- like messed up his own chances by getting blown up in some game. Like he's given up one run all season. He went for one eighteen. Uh, in one of my mains, wow. I got Josh Stalmont. I got one save out of that, and now we're benching him again. Haven't okay. quite cut him yet, but so yeah. I got him for 73, which isn't that much better. Meanwhile, I see in between that is there sits Taylor Ward for 91. I'm like, mm, that's who I should have been going after, but that's neither hindsight. here nor there. But yeah, it's easy, it's yeah. easy in hindsight, but you never Taylor Ward, you just didn't know he could have gone over for four the next four games and ended up back on the bench, but yeah he's worked out, but I think it is a good sign that like nowadays, the way teams manage their bullpens, even if a closer like Presley goes down, it doesn't mean that they're, if they don't, if they're not telling you, they're going, if they're telling you, they're not going to another closer, then maybe you should believe them. Right. Right. Um, And, and, and fish like, like some people have, some people did add Montero for 10 bucks and got a save out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, Ryan roof called Montero. He also called Helsley in his last week in his Closer Encounters article. I had him on the Thursday podcast. In fact, he even said, I hope Helsley doesn't get a save before Fab so I can get him cheaply. Uh, Unfortunately, Helsley had a two-inning dominant save on Sunday and was like the like highlighted guy. But uh, (laughs) so uh, that scuttled that plan, at least the cheap cheap part. He still might have gotten them. Jorge Lopez, this isn't anything new, but he's been the closer all year for Baltimore. He's throwing harder. And he's like pretty yep. clearly the guy in Baltimore. Would you trade 
for him in a trade league if he needed saves? Um, if he was cheap, like I wouldn't trade a lot for him. He's definitely throwing harder. He's definitely their guy. They're definitely not going to win a ton of games. Um, yeah. If he was cheap, I guess I would trade for him. Because the thing is, if you need to trade for a closer, how many guys are there for you to trade for? You would trade. Would you trade for Duran before you would trade for Jorge Lopez? Yes. Yes. Even though Duran, you have no idea if he's the closer. Would you trade for Helsley before you would trade for Jorge Lopez? No, because Maybe. Gallegos is a clear alternative. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you some of the trades again okay. using Yahoo. Yeah. Uh, pretty. He's fetched some pretty decent value in some cases and some okay. low balls in others. Very wild range. Matt Chapman, you know, Max Muncy, uh, pretty, those are pretty good guys to get for. I would not uh, be trading those guys for Jorge Lopez. You say Kikuchi, that's, uh, that, that, that's more in the range I thought he'd go for. That's fair. Um, Yeah. I would do that if I needed a closer. Yeah. In fact, Zach Granke, Zach Granke, man, that's fool's gold. 100%. Yeah. I would make that deal. Yeah, yeah, in a heartbeat. So, yeah. So, I think if you needed a closer, how about this? Would you rather trade for Mark Melanson or Jorge Lopez? Probably Melanson, even though Melanson's on the COVID IR right now. But yeah, uh, I mean, I don't like Melanson. Don't have him. I have him in one league, I think maybe. Uh, but that was, and that was only before. I think I got him before he signed with Arizona, so I got him really late. Uh, <sighs> I think I, I don't know. I think I, I mean, Arizona's terrible too. Uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna still go Melanson over Lopez. I think, even though I think I do kind of buy into Lopez being a better pitcher right now, but mm-hmm. the team context scares me too much in Baltimore. I think we're down around. I think that's the level that we're at, though. Is like like these yeah. closers, low end guys who have the job, like yeah. Lopez and Melanson, and then you can compare them to good guys who might have the job like Duran. Mm-hmm. I guess if you need the lock-in saves, maybe you trade for if you needed to, I guess you trade for Lopez. I thought of someone else I thought of was Camilo Duvall, who's kind of in the forefront, I guess, of a committee. Um, I think he's the guy now. Uh, maybe. I, and I, I don't know. I, this is a guy, this is maybe it's just my pessimism kicking in as a yeah. person that has took McGee over Duvall every single time. Uh, if I took either of them, uh, but I, I don't McGee's last outing was bad. Duvall's been pretty good lately. I, I, I might have missed one opportunity there that, but I think Duvall's been really solid lately, right? Um, yep, he's been solid. He gave up three runs in his first appearance of the season and has not given up a run yet. They so, just haven't really had save chances lately. Right. So like not really his fault. You would take Duvall then over Lopez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred percent. How about over Duran? I think so because I just think the Giants are so good. Yeah, and they have such you know Todd Zola always talks about how starting good starting pitching correlates to a lot of save chances, and even though they haven't had a lot of them lately, they're gonna have a lot of them over the long run. I think Duvall's wildness yeah. is the only thing that bothers me a little bit. There, WHIP is going to be a little bit higher, but even that is he's tamped down a little bit lately. So yeah, I think I'd go Duvall over uh, Duran, but I think that's 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 the neighborhood we're shopping in though. I'll throw someone else in here because he's topical today because he just came back from the COVID IL, Lou Trevino. Where are you going to put him? Would you rather have Lou Trevino, who I'm assuming goes back to being the A's closer, but I can't guarantee it. I can't assume that. Like, um, I don't know. He was their closer before he went on the COVID IL. I would prefer Lopez. Okay. 
And, let and, alone and Duran and yeah. certainly Duvall and Duran over Trevino. Yeah, so Duvall, Duran, Lopez, Melanson too. Then you take all those guys over Trevino. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Would you take Gallegos over every name we've talked about? No, I think I'd put him in the same same level as Duvall. No. Okay. I think okay. that that I I think if I I think if I had one I wouldn't trade him for the other. Uh, I think I would just leave well enough alone. Um, maybe trade him for Duran. No, I mean I have Duran no. below Duvall. So. I see. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, think, you've got them all in the same tier. I, I was yeah. more thinking about it not as them being traded for each other, but more if you were going to go out and look for, like, if you were going to take your player. Yeah, that makes sense. And go out and I look would, for a closer. I, I think I, I, Gallegos versus Duvall is actually pretty close. Yeah, uh, because Gallegos is going to have better ratios. I don't think he walks as many guys. Yeah, uh, but Duvall just has that high ceiling, too, and mm-hmm. you know. I, you know, and McGee is shown to be a little flawed comparatively. You know, he, he's not as much competition as Helsley is to Gallegos right now. Yep. Yep, that's true. Yep, you're right, because Helsley's pitching great right now. Yeah. Where, but know, then again, yeah. Duvall is less certain on his skills. That's true, yes. And the I will also say the Cardinals, new manager, like we don't really know exactly how their bullpen management is right. going to go. We kind of have a bit of a feel for the Giants where we know that Kapler will mess around with his bullpen, but he also will settle in on a closer sometimes. I'd agree with that. Yeah, like he settled in on McGee basically for like for a pretty long time last season. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to hit up before we go? I'm not sure. Give me a give me an Alec Manoa update. Uh up one nothing. They're in the sixth. Uh he just gave up a hit, I think, which just changed yeah. him. Yeah, he did it before you asked. So, but okay, five and a third, seven Ks, two hits, one walk. We like that. One nothing. Okay, I'll give you one quick topic then. If I want to hit up one thing before we go, I'm interested in your opinion on this. Um, quick answer, I guess, on a topic we could talk about for a long time. But the Orioles are down at home. We know about the ballpark changes. Are you running from all these guys? Like you have some Trey Mancini, I believe. I, am I right on that? I have them in labor. Yep. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's why I thought about it. Are you running from these guys or are you buying low on some of them? Like, like Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins. They're all down. Their power numbers are all down. Every like these guys are all down. And the Orioles as a team are hitting way worse so far this year at home than they are on the road. Some of that yeah. is just matchups and pitches. I, I believe the ballpark change is real. I mean, that was, yeah. a, we saw all along. It was not just a tiny little adjustment. They they moved the fences considerably back yeah. and higher. Too. Did we not downgrade these guys far enough? I think I, uh, you know, maybe. I mean, I, I thought we moved them down far enough, but okay. Mullins is isn't even really contributing the way we'd like him to either. Nope. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. But that's also that's the part where the ball kind of kicks in too, though, because he's lefty. Shouldn't hurt him yeah. as much. But yep. he's got two homers. He's in two twenty-two. Yeah, it's it's all gross. Uh, yeah, maybe we didn't. Uh, jury's still out. I mean, usually and Todd always likes to say you get uh, three years before any sort of ballpark data is real. We've had three weeks, so For sure. three and a half weeks. Yeah, um, definitely something to keep an eye on with them, though. Yeah, 
he and Mullins could have been a fluke. I don't think he was completely a fluke, but he you know, certainly is expecting to repeat was also probably asking a lot too. Yeah. I mean, no one expected. Yeah. 30, 30 again. Like if we were hoping for 20 and 25 or something mm-hmm. like that. And the two, so the two homers so far is disappointing, but it's not, if you're only expecting 20, then it's not too, too, too far off the pace at least. Yeah. I think yeah. he's like, he might go 15, 30, which I'd take, you know, but if it's, 10 10 well then i'm gonna be really disappointed yeah or, or if it's fit or if it's 15 20 with a 240 batting average it's, yeah so he's still in your lineup at that point but 20 stolen bases still plays oh, i mean it sure does <laughs> we talk about how stolen bases are up they're barely up it's yeah. not like teams are running wild let's let's be clear we're not yeah. we're not talking whitey herzog and the cardinals here yeah uh we're, we're talking points it, it was 0.45 stolen bases per team per game last year. It's 0.47 now. Uh, and caught ceilings are up a little bit too. But it's not like teams are running wild by any stretch of the no. imagination. So no. 20 stolen bases definitely plays. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, you don't, you, you want to get something with it there is mm-hmm. the point. And it's yeah. especially if you played that third, that sweet third round play, a uh, price for it there. Uh, yeah. That That's the killer. All right, that's going to close it for today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Great feedback. Thanks for everybody chiming in on the forum and on Twitter. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, listening for you guys listening to us, generally speaking, uh, we'd appreciate it even more if you uh, would subscribe to the uh, to whether it's here on YouTube. Uh, click that like button or subscribe wherever you uh, access your podcast. We really do appreciate it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.